Hi, guys, and welcome back. We're at Grant's place today. Kenny, I'm happy to have you. Uh, this is kind of our studio yeah. at this point because this has got to be now our third or fourth episode live in person, and there's definitely plenty to talk about. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'm going to get to, you heard me last episode, I was pointing out all the red flags about JMO. And I know Twitter doesn't like when I say bad things about JMO. I don't think Twitter... I, I think the only reason why this fan base likes JMO so much is that's your sexy Ferrari pick. That was your Ferrari. That wasn't your Toyota or your Honda Civic. That was your Ferrari pick. That was your big prize. And people are holding off this hope on this kid who dropped more passes than he's caught in his NFL career. That he hasn't shown anything on the football field. That okay. he's all that. Okay. No, listen, okay. listen, let me finish. And he's never healthy. Another leg injury to a guy who had constant leg issues in college, missed most of his rookie season, pretty much all his rookie season to a red shirt with the, with a leg injury, red flags everywhere. And I, I just, I just feel like this is not going to work out no matter how bad I want it to work out. And I hope like in seven, eight, nine weeks, I'm eating my words on this. But to me, this kid's never healthy. This kid's head's not right. And I think we're in a place right now when you have coaches, multiple coaches calling him out in practice, that's not a good thing. Coaches should not be calling out players, especially second-year players. All right, Kenny, I let you say your piece. And not only does Twitter not like what you what you've been saying about Jameson Williams, I don't like what you've been saying. Um, this is, I I think largely you, Justin Spiro, I think a a large portion of the fan base. Did you guys say you just wanted to be right about Jameson Williams? No, I, that's no, what I, think. I don't. I don't. I think that's what's going on. I think a lot of people put this take out thinking they wanted to be the first to the take that he'd be a bust. It's not going to work out. Uh, he's not trying as hard. He's playing with fireworks. The situation that's going on is really unfortunate because because of the, honestly, bullshit suspension. Agreed. Because of this injury, this would be more of a, a routine injury. This is a couple of weeks before the preseason. You get him tuned up, and he'd probably be ready by week three. But the fact that he's not allowed to be with the trainers, the, the Lions trainers, amidst uh, his suspension. So stupid. It's dumb. It's dumb. And I, for all the people who are feeling like, well, I told you so, I, I, those people, I, I, I want nothing to do with those people. And I'm starting to think you're more one of those people. I want it to pan out. I really do. I really want to eat my words on this. I've said it time and time again. I need to eat my words on this take. But everything so far, I mean, if you look at what has happened right in front of our face, not potential, but what has been shown in front of our face, everything that's been shown in front of our face has shown red flag after red flag after red flag i am sorry look i i don't know if this is going to work out i'm leaning towards 75 25 it won't work that's and where i'm at to be fair this is a turning point i'd say for myself also and where i start to cave to to the narrative mm -hmm. to should we be concerned yeah it, did brad holmes is his is this his first significant miss Maybe. In a draft, maybe. Jury's still out. Jury's still out. I need. I need to see ten weeks of him. But maybe, and also, but so I don't know this for sure. So he can't use these NFL trainers, these Lions trainers. He can't even be in the facility. But it's not like he's not going to be. He won't be getting work done. 
So like he's just gonna be sitting, nothing, getting healed. He's not no, like he, he can't do anything. He's gonna be he's gonna be seeing a physical. Right, right, right. No, 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 I'm saying is, but this is my whole thing about Jane. So he you, he, he might still be physically healthy. He just might not be uh active with the playbook. So that's my problem right there. Right fucking there, Grant is your problem. You have a whole offseason to teach him the, the playbook. Gain chemistry with golf. Gain chemistry with the O-line. Gain chemistry with everybody on that offense. He had an entire offseason, a whole preseason to do that. Then he had to sit out six games, and it was going to be a perfect plug-and-play week seven. Am I wrong? That was the game plan. He's had one full game on this offense. He was supposed to have three. And this is my problem now. It's not a perfect plug-and-play anymore. It's not. How much was he? How much were they even going to play next week? I think he was, they said he was going to play him every snap all preseason, give him in-game snaps. Now he's not. Now he's out two of the three weeks. Now you've only had one week of him on offense with a quarterback that's getting cut. Probably tomorrow morning after the game. Martinez or Sudfield? Suffolk. So here's the thing. He played with a quarter, two quarterbacks that are getting cut. One will be on the practice squad. One's getting cut. He has no chemistry with Goff. He has no chemistry with any of the starters. Your problem right now is it's not a plug and play anymore. Like it was supposed to be. Now you got to find another receiver for six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks. You know, Campbell already said they're looking at receivers on this market. So here, here's my thing. Now they're looking at receivers. His depth chart might not even be wide receiver two anymore. When it's all said and done, he could be wide receiver four for the rest of the season. I think two is definitely a stretch. Four also seems like it'd be a stretch. He's probably, unless they bring in Julio Jones, which I don't think it's going to happen. Well, here's some options for you. T.Y. Holm, Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry. Those guys will all bump him in that depth chart. Are all those guys necessarily better than Marvin Jones or um, Josh Reynolds? Like, these guys are not on teams right now for a reason. I think it's because they're old. Because they're, yeah, and old guys can't play unless you're Tom Brady. Okay, okay, but here's an example of an old guy we brought in gave us a productive year Anquan Bolden. He has a productive season in, in his late 30s. I'm just saying, there might be something in the tank with one of those guys. Here's where here's what I'm looking but at. That was as a wide receiver three. Right. Honestly, so so far Jones four, is your two. So Jones is your two. Well, that's Sam honestly, he should be the three. He should be the three. So the whole plan was Jamal was your two. two. You're right. Jones was your three. That was your game plan all offseason. Reynolds was your four. I'm surprised. So I understand Mims being released this morning also that they have to probably look to acquire someone. They need a receiver now. But you still have Cleef Raymond. Yeah, of course you have Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds. Um, I guess is maybe that is the short list and why you're looking to add people. Who am I missing? Cleef Raymond. All right, he already hit him. So like, this is my issue right now. You're already paper thin at receiver. Paper, paper thin. Mims got hurt today, and you had a call. Oh, what was the sure. point of? Because what what was the point of spending a roster spot on a guy who's hurt and not really that good? So what, well, there was all that hype and anticipation, and then he I got guess, hurt today. Well, and then he was even talking. I guess that would make sense because he was the one talking, saying he's loving to be here, he's right. excited to be here. And then Dan Campbell's quote: "Did you see what Dan no. Campbell said about?" So they literally asked Dan Campbell yesterday. I see the quote about how is it going with Denzel Mims. And Dan Campbell gave kind of an out of character response. What do you say? He, he gave a, a almost Bill Belichick, Sean Payton like response. He goes, "He's in the locker room. At least he's in there." 
And as of today, Denzel Mims is not there. He's not in there. So, yeah, hopefully the Lions, I honestly don't want Julio. I don't want T.Y. Jarvis Landry's not that old, but he's never been that good. Bring Kenny Galli back. Possibly. And that would be funny to give him, like, the initial contract mm-hmm. or really even significantly Jones less than what he or we initially were going to offer him. This is my thing. You need a receiver, and you need a, you need to find like a receiver five for depth, like like just like a really cheap option on the market, like a five hundred thousand dollar player. Well, this probably means Tom Kennedy's back. That's what I was thinking in my head too. He's definitely so. So, so, so here's what I'm looking at. That's just awesome the, if you just, care about that. Just to circle back to the whole, Jamal was supposed to be your wide receiver two. St. Brown was your okay. one. Marvin was your three. Now you got a whole offseason where Goff hasn't even played a snap with JMO. This is basically going to be receiver four because at this point, in the, you're going to get to a point in the season, especially let's just hypothetically say Josh Reynolds shows up too. Because there were weeks last year where Josh Reynolds, you know, he looked like solid. I'm not saying he's any better than, than JMO, but I'm saying let's say he turned some heads early in the season with some play time and he looks like a productive receiver three. Or they bring in a guy like Jarvis Nader, T.Y. Hilton. Kenny Golly, something something along that line, right? They bring that in. That's your wide receiver three. Jamal might be four. Reynolds will be your five. So my 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 problem is it's like the plug and play is gone now, and you're gonna have a really tough time getting their chemistry together. Maybe by week 15, 16, they're flying. That's the hope. You know what I mean? That's the hope. Week 15 or 16, Jamal figures it out, Jamal stays healthy. And Jamal and Goff developed the chemistry yeah. that, that I want. That I want. It's not that I want this to fail. Do you not agree? I'd right. rather be right than to see Jamison Williams succeed with the Lions and the Lions do well. I think there's so many naysayers that would rather be right. And, and, and that's my problem with this fan base right there. Right there. I'd rather be wrong and get to the NFC, NFC Championship. Because here's how I look at it. If Jamal shows up, this, the ceiling goes from NFC Division round right now because i think they win a game they win the wild card they get to the division round without jamal right that's how i feel right now now let's say jamal shows up jamal looks good jamal and, and golf are developing this massive chemistry down the stretch they beat the cowboys late in the season they beat the vikings late in the season right and jamal looks like a productive guy who's moving up the depth chart at that point in the season because the reality is he's not going to be receiver two now when he steps in week seven he's receiver three or four he's gonna have to work his way up the depth chart he's gonna have to earn it and hopefully late in the season, there are there's a chemistry there. That's my goal. Everyone loves a comeback story. Yeah, I from Detroit one, loves a comeback personally, story. Personally, Detroit loves it. Michigan loves a comeback mm-hmm. story. So this is this has a making. This has the making for the maybe the greatest comeback story ever. Oh, I agree. But everything right now is trending towards this might not work. So uh, there's another. Um, so if Julio Jones is not available and. Lions are not able to get T.Y. Hilton. I think there's a, the possibility of getting K.J. Eaton <laughs> to be playing, run some routes. I don't know. He's already got a jersey on. You look good and funny. I'm not sure. Either case, the Lions, if you're looking for a short, crafty receiver, Kenny's your guy. You know what else, you know what else is a guy? You. You play football. <laughs> you play freshman no, football. I didn't play you, football. Oh, you did? Football. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not good. I wouldn't be good. Kenny would be better. I have actually have a question for you. Yes. Like off of us all. Hunter Renfro. 
Would you give up third round pick to go get Hunter Renfro and really go all in that receiver? See, I think he, Hunter Renfro was someone I always drafted in fantasy, knowing that he gets a lot of receptions mm-hmm. and he can make it work. There's a reason Derek Carr, when all else would fail, he'll just dump it to Hunter Renfro. Right. A third round pick. Next year's third. I yeah, want, I want I, honestly, third. I yeah, I think if the only thing that leaves me torn is because how awesome Brad Holmes seems to be at drafting, except but, but maybe not with Jameson Williams. I, so, I, okay, Grant, that's, so where I'm stopping, that's where I'm stopping you right there. It's impossible to bat a thousand every draft. So it's, that's where I, but then I'm still leaning back. Hunter Renfro's a proven player. But you need something to fill the gap right now. That's your whole thing. You need somebody to have. You need a productive receiver too right now because Marvin Jones should not be a receiver too. At this I agree point in his career. At this point in his I career, agree. I like Marvin Jones. I, I think he has a. I think he had a great career, but he's now in the back third of his career, back quarter of his career. He's about Drop done at this quarter. point. Yeah. He's about done at this point. Yeah. He's not supposed to be the Marvin Jones that he was the first time at staff. He was never supposed to be this receiver, too. Now he's got to step in that role. If you don't bring somebody in, that's productive. You need somebody that's counterproductive to St. Brown. You need a deep ball threat. You need somebody You need somebody to fill that jam so, role right now. So the, I think this probably, in my mind, as a simpleton football uh, understander, this probably means more targets for St. Brown and Laporta. I was going to say probably for your tight ends. Yeah. Where you were looking at a lot of two tight end sets where they Brock Wright yeah. seemed to be still getting a lot of looks. He looked decent. Laporta had a bad drop in the preseason game, but still I'm thinking that his workload's going to probably be immense. Mm-hmm. It's going to be huge. So this is the thing. And this is the thing coming into the season. This is what I'm going to say. You have potentially – you have question marks. So, so your question marks are now different, right? Before your question marks were really your D-line and your kicking unit. I think Those D- were your question D-line's marks. fine. Now your question marks aren't your D-line. Your D-line showed up in the preseason. They kicking unit up. kind of returned, or I guess the kick return unit. The no, kicking, the kicking unit. unit as yeah. a, the, the kicker yes. stole a red flag. I know Riley Patterson is is an upgrade over Badgley. I agree with everybody on that. But if this team wants to win Super Bowls, you need the next McManus, you need the next Vinatieri, you need the next Jason Hansen, you need the next Sebastian Janikowski, you need the next Adam Vinatieri. You no, don't need the next. No, you don't. You, you need the next. Win a Super Bowl to get this year. If you want to get to the Super Bowl this year, you need that this year. You need you need to find a way because remember McManus is on the market. You, McManus is on the market. Now, let's just hypothetically say you give up a six for him. Just, just hypothetically, you give up a six for him. Because no kicker is worth more than a six-round pick. Let's just say you grab McManus. I think your ceiling goes up even higher because you have a, you have a less you, – you can settle for a 55-yard kick now. You don't have to go for it fourth and three on your own 37 – or on your 37. I don't know. I hear what you're saying. And I, I would like – it would be nice to have a great kicker in, submitted into mm-hmm. the locker room. But – I don't think that – who even was the uh, Chiefs kicker last year? Ryan Suckup? No. He was no, a, no, no, no. It, it, uh, it was Falk. Why can't I think? Bucker. Harrison Bucker. Harrison Bucker. He's okay. elite. So there you go. He's so elite. I, 
Maybe it's because the kickers are, are important. underappreciated. Are. And maybe that's where shame on me for having forgotten mm-hmm. who was the kicker last year for the Chiefs. But I don't know if this uh, – name, name the last team that's won a Super Bowl and had a kicker you're holding your breath on. Just look through the list of kickers in these Super Bowls that have won. They're all guys that you know in a big game are going to hit that kick. You're not sweating in front of that TV. You know that kick's going in. You're not wondering if it's going to wobble left or right. line right. I agree. Riley Patterson is one of those kickers that you're going to be worried about. Now, if he can prove himself by week seven, which is what I hope he does, to the point where he's a perfect kicker by week seven, then all right, like week eight, nine, we're feeling good about this Is, uh, is Matt Prater still in the league? He's still drinking. Is he still drinking? We could get him. <laughs> if he's, we only want him if he's drinking because I think – or maybe if he's not drinking. I can't remember. He was drunk. Drunk Matt Prater is the best Matt Prater. He was kicking field goals hard and far. So but we would give Matt Prater a call. We were spoiled with that with really good kickers. And now this is the first time in like 30 years that you're actually scrambling for Which that, you know, that like, you know, in that expression, first world problems, that seems mm-hmm. like the inverse, like third world Our problems. problems. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, we haven't, like, everything else is bad, but we haven't had to worry about a kicker. No. But now we don't even have that. Okay, so I, I have a question for you, and this is an interesting point. Give me three guys in your offense you're keeping your eyes on. Give me three guys on the defense. So I'll start on offense. All eyes for me are on Gibbs. He needs to show me something right away. Because I've heard too much about this guy out of camp, that if he comes out right away, the media's hyping this guy up. Like, he's the next big thing. They've made... Jamo the enemy. They've made Gibbs this like next superstar. They've built they they've built Gibbs up. They really have, and I hope they don't build Gibbs up to fail because then they all they're gonna eat him. Like I don't think that they're building him up. My all eyes are in Gibbs for me right now. That's that anybody on this team. That's who my eyes are focused on. We are building him up. That's I don't think it's like the media. There's no narrative. I think it just. Everyone, yeah, everyone's high right now on Gibbs, and everyone seems to be a little lower on. Second guy I'm taking a hard look at. I'm going to stay in the backfield and look at Montgomery heavy. I think that he is someone that we I've forgotten about amidst this process where there's so many names, so many potential breakout players that we've been talking about. I forget that we have David Montgomery in our backfield. So I'm just keeping my eyes on him because if he fills the Jamal Williams role up well, then, oh, my God, this team is so sad. And then the last guy I'm keeping my eye on heavy, I'm going to go to the O-line. I'm going to keep my eyes on Decker with that extension coming up. So my eyes are on Decker. Like, I'm going to watch him heavy this year because if he shows me he's worthy of that extension, I'm handing him the blank check to keep this line together because lines win you Super Bowls, and you and I both know that. Like, if you can find a way to keep Sewell, Ragnall, and Decker on this line together and continue to build through the draft with guys like Jonah Jackson that you've gotten and other guys, if you continue to get a revolving door around other guys and that's your core three guys in that line, I'm all in on this team going forward. So my eyes are on Decker, Javi. See, Kenny, you took my third one. It was going to be my first one mm-hmm. because I think Decker in the contract extension, yeah, ex- I'm expecting him to go beast mode. Mm-hmm. Like he's deserved to be one of the most highest paid offensive linemen. Of all time. And I think that's because of the way how um, the payroll extends. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. I think he's going to be dominant. Pretty God, he doesn't get injured. But so as my first one, I'm going to take a different offensive lineman in Penny Sewell. Okay. I was going to say that's my fourth guy. He is now, I think, 
he's been I've seen him on enough 25 and under lists. I've seen he was one of the one of the between I guess him and Hutch mm-hmm. were the only two players on the top 100 right. list from the Lions. So Penny Sewell, I think he's gonna come back. I hope they give him at least one offensive touch again. Yeah, me, like, too. me too. Like I hope that's the precedent that at least one at least one game is see or one just one touch of season. Give him one offensive touch I agree. for the entire season, whether it happens in week three, week seven, or week uh, 17. Mm-hmm. Give him one touch. I'm all on that train with you, too. Who's your second guy? I'm Ross St. Brown. I'm hoping, personally, and after watching the Jared Goff interview on Part of My Take, and watching I'm Ross St. Brown's interview on Part of My Take, I think he's going to elevate himself top five receiver in this league. I think he's going to be talked about in the same breath as Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase. I like that take, Grant. I don't I know. Really I don't, he, he's not as flashy as Justin Jefferson or probably Jamar Chase, the other two names. But in regards to, I think, his numbers, his production, I think he's going to be by far the – like they don't have a most improved player award – in the NFL, but he, I think he'll be that the most improved player in the entire league. You know how I think he's going to be looked at? Not not the t- type of play, but in terms of like ranking wise in the league, Brandon Marshall is prime. Like that's how the league's going to look at him. I feel like he's going to, yeah, d- dominant. And I hope that, and he, Brandon Marshall, unfortunately in his prime, had Jay Cutler. Right. So hopefully Jared Goff could do him one better. But yeah, the point is, is like Brandon Marshall was always looked at as like a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh best receiver. There were always guys better than him, him. but there were a, a large, large, large handful of guys that were a ton worse yep. than him. And that's how I feel about St. Brown. And that kid's head is right. Like that kid's head is exactly yep. where it needs to be to be a superstar. Yeah. I'm I'm on the St. Brown train with you. I'm just not looking at him as heavily because I'm more invested in my Because you already know. Because yes. I already know what he is. Okay. Who's your third? My third one... I- I want to choose a rookie because of what you just said, but I actually I'm still going with someone who I think will take strides and they they have a couple roles in this offense. Mm-hmm. They play a receiver and they are also the kick returner. Khalif I think, Raymond. I think Khalif Raymond, um him and Alan Ross St. Brown seem to be very close. They seem to be very competitive with mm-hmm. one another. Um St. Brown hits the jug, the catching right. jug machine two hundred two times mm-hmm. after every practice. Khalif Raymond has now started doing that with him. So his hands, I'm sure, are starting to get better. He, we already know he's speedy as all heck. I'm hoping that, like, I want to see at least, I want to I want to see Khalif Raymond bring back at least three touchdowns, four touchdowns to the house on returns. I think three is the number. Three. You get three, that's great. I got two for him. So I'm Give, me two. For three. Give me two and break one big one. Yeah, that's how I feel. Give me like a 50-yard return and give me two that get to the end zone this year between punting and kicking. I like that. Defensively, my eyes are on like all circled in on Owen McNeil. Yeah. And this is his year. I mean, this is year three. This is show me everything now. You've shown me some stuff. You've shown me you're a productive defensive lineman in this league. He's shown me that. He's shown me he, he could start on most teams or be a serviceable rotational player on a lot of teams. They're talking about all the pounds he lost. They're talking about how he's shown up in camp and looked phenomenal. Everybody's talking about Aline McNeil year three. Yeah. That was Brad Holmes' first draft. That was his first cycle through of guys. 
I'm watching him as close as humanly possible just because the hype. And on top of that, this was Brad Holmes's first draft. This was his first, really, that was one of his first big picks. So that's my first guy. Secondly, you know, I'm looking at really heavy. It's our brand new signing camp, Sutton. You paid him a lot of money. Yeah, has a flexible contract, but my eyes are on him. He's a young corner in this league. Pittsburgh was not happy to see him leave, which tells me he's a good player. I mean, Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh is mad that they lost you, a team that hasn't had a losing record in over 10 years, that should say something about the kid. That kid's talented. That kid's going to be the real deal. I'm keeping my eyes heavy on Kim And so. I think uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson has being the other really big free agency ad mm-hmm. has kind of overshadowed Cam Sutton. Mm-hmm. Similarly, he's my equivalent to David Montgomery on the defensive end where I'm going, oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. Not, I didn't forget who Cam Sutton was, but I forget we have Cam Sutton, and that's kind of an awesome surprise. My third guy's Kirby. I know what CJ's going to get me. I know CJ, CJ Gardner-Johnson for a fucking reason. I mean, that guy yeah. has always been... From the beginning of his career, he's been elite. Yep. I know what he's going to give me. Like That's the same thing as St. Brown. I know what St. Brown's going to give me. I'm watching Kirby close. Because everything that – the second he touched the field last year, like week six or seven, whatever it was, that guy showed me he was going to be a superstar from the second he walked on that field. From the second. You got to repeat that this year. He was all over Aaron Rodgers. Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Top three quarterback of our lifetime. He picked him off three times yep. and gave him his last pass in. And uh, Green Bay was a pick to Kirby Joseph. Here's the thing. The Kirby only Joseph. other player to do that is Brian Erlacher, who mm-hmm. played against um, Aaron Rodgers right. uh, 40, 50 sometimes. Here First Kirby Joseph's four. Kirby's a world. Whatever it was. I'm watching Kirby close because now you have talent on that D-line. You have linebackers that are talented. I mean, the fact you're talking about Rodrigo might be backing up because Barnes is looking so good is crazy to me. Like, Rodrigo, I mean, that guy was productive as hell last year. I mean, he, yeah, he wasn't that great against the pass game, but he was productive as fuck against that run game. So it's kind of crazy to hear about, like, okay, you have linebackers now. Campbell's looking good. Your D-line's looking good. The pressure's off the secondary for the first time in this era, right? The pressure was on the secondary every single game. Because your D-line was garbage. Your linebackers were garbage. Your corners were still garbage, too, last year. And my first is actually going to be two people. Who? It's going to be the Aquara brothers. Okay. That's fair. So Julian and Romeo Aquara, they have four of the six preseason sacks mm-hmm. uh, in the first game. Uh, I think the, one, the, the fact that there's two of them, uh, whether they're on the same fe- time, like on the field at the same time or not, it's going to feel like that one guy is just doing like double the amount of right. stuff. So whenever I see uh, one of the Aquaras get a tackle or get a sack, it's going to feel like double is awesome. Cause I'm like, going to be like, these guys are all, they're all over the place right? because there's two of them, which is fun. So my second, or you got your thing pulled up. I have my thing pulled up, pulled but up. finish your Talk. thing up, finish yours up. And okay. that's our next talking point. Okay. My second um player is Tracy Walker coming off ruptured Achilles okay so him coming back I'm looking forward to I'm hoping that he's still uh, as impactful and I hope he doesn't get lost in the shadows of all these other names that we've mentioned in the secondary and my third player probably kind of a pouring pick but 
to touch on what you were talking about, alleviating the pressure of the secondary, which we've seen year after year, this team's secondary get scorched because mm-hmm. their linebackers aren't good. Mm-hmm. And they have no pressure. Jack they have no pressure. No, they have no pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing things very differently. Right. We're putting that emphasis on putting pressure on the quarterback yeah. so your linebackers can do their job. And your secondaries are there as a secondary mm-hmm. option. I need Aiden Hutchinson to get 12 sacks. I need Aiden I like Hutchinson. That. I like that. I, like I need that. Aiden Hutchinson to be a dog. I need Aiden Hutchinson to show that he's not some prissy ass little white boy from Dearborn who went to Divine Child, got lucky because his dad was at Michigan, <laughs> went into Michigan, got steamrolled into Michigan because they got lucky Ohio State was bad a couple of years. And then he got put in pedestaled into glory as the second overall pick. I hope he's not a fluke. I hope he's not a bust. I hope his last year's, his, um, what do you have, 10 sacks? Yeah. Two intercept, three interceptions. Aiden Hutchinson, prove yourself. Earn your millions. Earn your J.J. Watt status. Earn your J.J. Watt status. Hey, forget J.J. Watt. Be Aiden Hutchinson. So this is another talking point, which is like crazy. Like remember last year, like during the season, you, I'm going to read some guys off to you. Yes. That we, so first game of the year, here was your uh, week one corner or week one secondary, Jeff Okuda. Remember early in the season, how we were literally jerking off Jeff Okuda. Oh, like, no. We thought that guy was going to be phenomenal. A.O., one of the worst corners I've ever watched in my life. What, what team is uh, Amani Awari on? I don't know. I don't know he's picked up at this point. Your slot was Mike. No, Hughes. I think he's. I think he's on the Giants. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because they. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was in that open practice that they okay. had with the Giants. Okay. And C.J. Gardner Johnson was talking shit with him yeah. the whole time. Said you're saw. Said you you weren't gritty enough to play here. Keep going. Mike Hughes, trash. I don't even. I forget who Mike Hughes, Hughes is. Your safeties were Tracy Walker. Which you have a much bigger upgrade this year, and he's not even starting. Not and then the Sean Elliott. We were talking about how good Sean Elliott was, but let me tell you, our 2023 secondary should be week one if everybody's healthy. Corner one's Cam Sutton. Oof. Corner two's Jerry Jacobs, who showed himself down the stretch last year. Your slots, Brian Branch. Or maybe Tracy Walker. Or Tracy. Kirby's your your safety, your, your Sean safety, and CJ's your free safety. We've gone literally from like garbage and we're still winning football games like with that week one secondary we had last year we held in there with philly the whole way we lost to the runner-ups week one with that secondary you're telling me they invested a lot of money a lot of draft capital into the secondary you're telling me this can't be much better than last year i mean this is gonna be fun there's talent on the defense last year okay say what you want hutchinson was talented Kirby was talented, and Houston was talented. Now, Houston still has a million question marks, but down the stretch, he was talented as fuck. No, he's a dog. He's, he's a, a dog. dog. There's a lot of question marks still with him. I'm, I'm sold on him. I think he's going to be great. This year, I mean, you got so many more studs. you got Branch. you got Sutton. you got Mosley when he comes back from his injury. You have Kirby. You have Rodrigo. You, you have Campbell. Campbell. You have Lee McNeil who showed himself down the stretch last year. You have Hutchinson. You have Houston. Now I'm looking at this defense, and I'm like – You've gone from down the stretch last year when they were winning games, top half in the league defense, like top 15 down the stretch when they were 8-2. Now, 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 here's the thing. 
can this become a top seven defense this year? Can this go from top 15 to top seven? Is that crazy? I, I'm, I'm shaking my head. I'm trying to talk myself down right now mm-hmm. because I can't, I can't help but get so incredibly hyped. Everything seems to be trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Negating our first segment that we talked about, about okay. this team. But this, I am like, I, I have to lower my expectation or something bad could happen. Or the greatest thing that ever, the greatest thing of all time could happen. Everything that we think is possible could come true. Mm-hmm. That this team has propelled itself to maybe being a top five defense. Mm-hmm. And a top five offense. I think they got top five level talent. They got top five level fans. Everything about that. They got top five level coaching. Everything's perfect right now. Everything's right where it needs to be. It's almost too perfect. So that's where I, I, September 7th can't come any sooner. Oh, no, no. That's what I'm saying. This is the thing. I think offensively, every position. They're, besides receiver right now, it's just stacked. Teddy Bridgewater, great signing. They showed they needed him bad in that preseason game. Running back, deep, 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 deep this year. You you have Montgomery, you have Gibbs, you have Muhammad Ibrahim, you have Craig Reynolds, you have Blake Snell or Benny Snell, whatever his name is, Benny Snell. I'm looking through our running back room and our running back for it, and it's kind of sexy. You have two workhorse running backs. You have two quarterbacks. You have an old line that's top three in football, maybe top Is two. Craig Reynolds still a roster player? Yes, on the roster. Practice squad. Practice squad. Mohamed Ibrahim, I like him. I think he's a top yeah. round pick. Doesn't get hurt all the time. That guy's a productive running back before he the is So th- that's just how I look at it. I- I'm looking through this team right now, and the talent is through the roof. But you know a team that doesn't have a lot of talent through the roof? Your Detroit Tigers, but man, Torkelson, I, I've been tough on that kid. In Torkelson's last seven games, he yeah, has six, home, six runs. home runs. Kerry Carpenter the, and <laughs> Riley Green the day before, all three of them homered with Torkelson having two. So I'm pulling up yesterday's box store box score. Here's the thing: Torkelson's giving me hope for the first time in his career. He's finally doing. Maybe it was a small little thing in his approach that they figured out with analytics. And they fixed it. Because you know a team that does this a lot is the Dodgers. They find the tiniest little thing, and they fix it. To me, I feel like that Torkelson, there was something minor wrong with his swing or his approach at the plate. The training staff has finally recognized it, and it's fixed. It was probably something really minor that was holding him back to being what he is right now. Because right now, he's showing what he was supposed to be in high school. I think maybe it was an issue of confidence. And just a matter of because he was having hard hit balls, they're just finally starting to land. That's why I think it was a Horse minor ball. approach. It was a yeah. minor approach to yeah. his to his plate. He's adjusted, and now he's playing like the draft pick I wanted him to be. He's doing what he needs to do right now to show me he's a he, he's a long term piece going forward. So, so Tigers got postponed. That's yesterday. what I thought. Yeah, I was like, I, I woke up. I didn't think they played yeah. yesterday. Yeah. So last seven games, he has six home runs. Kerry Carpenter, long-term piece. Riley Green, long-term piece. You have three right now. I'm on the Torkelson train because I think he's finally figuring it out. Now I'm not on the train of you. if you have the right offer, you shop them. Now I'm starting to lean towards the fact of 
if he does this the rest of the season or does this for another oh, two Oh, yeah, days, he's your guy. He's your guy going he's forward. He's your guy. He's your franchise player. And I'll admit I was wrong about Kerry Carpenter. He was someone all of a month ago that I was saying, deal him. Who right. cares? He's not a permanent piece. I don't want to have to lock someone into the DH spot mm-hmm. for the next six years. But I'm starting to feel like, who cares? who cares? Let's do it. Like, he, I think he's actually maybe even more so than Torque, like, has proven himself that him and Riley Green, it's a team of three. Mm-hmm. It's literally that... three and everybody else. Look, this is how I feel right now. In the offseason, you get Mize back, you get a full season of school bowl. Manning, I don't know what he's ever going to be, but he's probably a pitcher five in your rotation, uh... honestly. But this is how I look at this team going in the next year. They will be competitive. Will they win the division? Will will they win 85 games? Probably not. Will they at least be competitive with if they stay healthy? If Green gives you a full season, if Torkelson does what he's doing, Terry Carpenter keeps doing what he's doing into next year, you spend a little bit on free agency. You don't, you don't go crazy. You don't go crazy, but you 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 plug and play some gaps. Just Scott Harris has shown me nothing so far. He's been very underwhelming. He's not been what he's been hyped to be. Plain and simple. Scott Harris hasn't lived up to the hype. that He's been the most underwhelming GM so far. He's the opposite of Brad Holmes. He's the opposite of Steve Eisenman so far. I'm going to hold off the judgment on Scott Harris until this no, offseason. No, 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 no. Let's, Steve Eisenman didn't hasn't done much until we just get into Brinkett. Right. Um, but Eisenman was telling everyone, I'm not going to do anything. Like, hold hold your horses. Scott no. Harris made it sound like he was going to do something. And he's done nothing. Now, I think he needs to be more clear what is the plan. Is agreed. it short-term? Is it long-term? Is it – are they tr- like are they trying to uh, – with their six, seven games back if they win? They're, I think they're six games back if they win both games tonight. Or maybe they're five games back. Are they trying to make a push? I, I can't see it. I, I I just don't see it. So what is it? What are they trying to do? Are they trying to just? I just want to be. I, it out? I, I, I just want to see what happens. This is what I want. Can, can I tell you what they I need? To, so of course they can't outright say, okay, we don't think we'll make the playoffs. But there is. But I need some sort of. Yeah, we're playing to be competitive. They I, haven't come out and even said that. They but they haven't come out and looked at. Like they at least play with energy. This is what. Say what you want. Okay, the division's garbage. You get in the playoffs, you get swept. Plain and simple. I just want to be competitive going into the last three weeks of the season. Just just be in it. Be within five games of the division into the last month of the season. If you can get midway through September, you're within five, six games of the division. I, I'm not going to say it's a good season. I'm not going to say it was a successful season. But what I will say is there were steps in the right direction if they can be competitive late in the season. Yeah, the division sucks. Division will not be good probably for a long time. But here's what – and you can't bank on the division being this bad every single year. That's not – that's my whole thing. If you can stay competitive, if you can give your young guys like Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Tarek Skubal, if Mize comes back in September, because I think if they're competitive, Mize does come back and they play him. Manny, you have young pieces out of your bullpen. Say what you want about Lane. But I want to see these young guys start playing big games, meaningful baseball. I want meaningful baseball with our young players. Even though they're not going anywhere, just to feel like you're in a playoff contention. To feel like every game matters in September. Every game matters right now the rest of the season. 
if they can make that happen, I don't know. These are tryout. These are kind of still tryouts for maybe not as much school, but Manning for sure. Mm-hmm. Two guys that are on the mound today. I'd be interested to see how they do. And they're kind of important starts. Yeah. These, while we're a fringe team and you're dealing with a lot of fringe players, how you, how these guys play is going to be, I think, representing of whether, whether or not they'll be on the team next year. Mm-hmm. And as far as Alex Lane goes, I, I know we, as Tigers fans, we're so back and forth on this kid. And we also just have, we have a bad dating history with closers. It's the worst. We have a very toxic relationship with these men. And mm-hmm. we'll, we keep dating all types of dirtbags, Joe Nathan, uh, Jose Valverde was great one year, mm-hmm. bad the next. Uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, most recently, uh, Gregory Soto. Yeah. Um, so that's where I, I'm just like, I just. The closer is kind of like the kicker equivalent to me in football. I just it's you don't when you don't have a when you don't have the guy you want him so bad, mm-hmm. but when you have him you, you probably don't appreciate him enough. Right. And I really wish I could be unappreciative of a closer right now. Mm-hmm. I wish I was not appreciating a closer enough right now. That means I have a closer, but we don't have him really. But I, I, have a I, I agree with you. We'll be back on uh, Monday, recapping the weekend. Uh, there will be a Michigan State football special next week with Connor Nate and Coach. They're all going to be on next week. And then Jad, Jad's going to be back probably on Monday with, with the rundown on the weekend. And hopefully Friday we have some Lions talking shit to go through with potentially if you're not working. Let's next do it. Friday, let's, let's do it. Do it I'll see you guys next week. We're back to full Vote schedule. We're full schedule.